everybody and welcome back to the Biff Rugby League Podcast Season 2, Episode 10. We're double figures of Season 2. I can't believe we've actually hit double figures of Season 2. I, don't, I didn't think oh, really? we hit double hit figures of Season 1, I'll be honest, Robin. Um, <laughs> this has been a lot more enjoyable than we expected. Before we get into our sort of chat about sort of everything, everything links together this week, which is really nice. Kind of, we've, it just got, it'll, it'll flow really nice. So, but before we get into that, how have you been? How was your weekend? Um, I don't don't tell me. Yeah, I was gonna say, don't tell me too much about your weekend because we'll get into it when we discuss the game. Um, I mean, you told I mean, people know where you were if they listened last week. You were in Wigan to watch the the Wigan Saints derby at a packed yeah. VW Stadium, which was actually it was it was actually my most disappointing game of the weekend in the Super League. Which it's is just goes to show how good this weekend was. Yeah, yeah, because it was a it was yeah. it was a good game. It was just my apart from Kaswaki, but what can you expect? Like that's, yeah. they're, they're basic, that's basically a championship fixture anyway. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, it's it's been a really good weekend for rugby league. Attendances were up. The the quality of rugby league was outstanding for quite a lot of players, both England internationals, not England internationals, internationals for other teams. Uh, we're going to focus on a lot of the England internationals later on today. We're going to talk Caitlin Beavers versus Tara Jane Stanley because they, them two, clearly don't like each other, or they're just really good friends and they they just didn't really care on the day. We're going to talk wheelchair super league. We're going to talk Southern Conference League. We're going to talk Midlands Premier Rugby League, um, and we're not going to talk about who's back because Toby Steele isn't back. I was really praying this week he'd be back because um, he seemed really keen this weekend to kind of. I don't know. He just I seem we I feel like he's going to be around a lot more. But yeah, you said you're really good. You said you had a really good weekend. Shall we crack on? Shall we just get into it? Like, let's just go for it. Let's go. It's just juicy. So we spoke about like you 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 unleashed the rugby league extravaganza on us last week. I know. <laughs> so I realised we said about the Thursday games, but the podcast comes out on a Thursday. So the one of those games will have already happened. The Thursday morning game. This is the only game that was. Only one of the 16... I didn't... So, scrap the New South Wales Cup and the Queensland Cup. I didn't watch those because I wasn't getting up at stupid o'clock in the morning to watch Reserve Rugby League. Fair enough. Fair so enough. 16, that was a bit of a challenge. So, 16 live games potentially to watch, right? Of those 16s, I only watched one not live. One of them I didn't watch live, and that was Thursday morning's game between the Melbourne Storm and the Sydney Roosters. 28-8 to the Melbourne Storm. It wasn't a result I was expecting, to be honest. I thought it'd be a lot closer, mm. and it was actually one of the bigger margins of victory across the whole weekend. Like, yeah, it was only like I, the third thought... or fourth biggest win of the weekend, which to me, when you're thinking of the two top teams in RL, I wasn't expecting it to be up there. No, and they've had some like great clashes over the years as well, so you'd back that to be a nice close game. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm well impressed that you did that, mate. I feel like I set it up as if like you know <laughs> this is a bit of fun. But like 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 I said before, there's there's challenges that people sign up to that are easier than what you've accomplished. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible, mate. I think um, you know, people are they're just lucky because it means that nowhere, no one else has the um, the same level of expertise as you. Because I don't think many people have watched that amount of rugby league since. You know, since the the, probably since days. the beginning of the season. Um, <laughs> yeah. The fact I've watched 16 games of rugby league in a weekend, I don't know if that makes me a really good diehard rugby league fan or an absolute sad, sad Like, 
I don't know. Yeah. It's either or. It's a diagram, isn't it, mate? Yeah. All of those Super League games as well. Um, my missus Kim, she she watched those with me as well. So she watched six games. Go on, Kim. Um, on live TV. So six out of out of t- out of fifteen live games for for no seven actually because the women's game as well. So seven of sixteen games or fifteen. So over half of those games I watched with my missus. So good on good on the missus for that one. Um, well big shout out. But yeah, Melbourne, Melbourne Roosters, um, 28-8, it was just, it was difficult um, for, for Sydney Roosters to really get on the board. Um, when you've got Jerry Manu, Joseph Soe, he drew Hutchison, Luke Keary, Sam Walker, I mean, both butcher bo- both butchers in the second row. I mean, this is, this is not the best team in the world. I mean, Victor Adley didn't seem to have a, a really good game, but he only seems to be able to play really good games when... He wants to smash the hell out of someone. Xavier Coates got a hat trick. Munster and Meany and Hughes, I think, are the best one, six, and seven in the NRL. Arguably, I mean, the um, the the um, Rabbitohs might argue that with the way they played this weekend, but absolute cracking one. We went from the top of well, near enough the top of the NRL to the bottom of the bottom <laughs> Super League. We had Cass versus Wakey, and for me, this was. This was a decent game for two teams that were really struggling for form. And I was quite impressed with... The, you enjoyed the, this one. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the scrappiness of this one. Because mm. both teams ha- had something to play for. They, they had to win the game. So we knew it wasn't going to mm. be free-flowing. We knew it wasn't gonna, really going to be that open. Yeah. But how good, I mean, how good was Jack Broadbent, though? Yeah, I, I've, I've really liked him this year of... of, of um... For, like for Cass, he's one of those standout players so far, and um, yeah, yeah, I thought he did well. There was just, I just felt there was a, so many errors in this game. Like both yeah. teams didn't really deserve to win with the amount of errors, and um, it, it was. I'm not gonna lie, you know me, I'm a massive Aberdeen fan, but this was a tough watch. Yeah, well, this it was, was, it was a, a tough one. Yeah, it was tough. It was really difficult to watch. Um, but you know, like you said, Broadburn was a shining light. Um, Greg Eden as well, showing that he's still got it. I mean, yeah. he could probably play for any Super League team that he chose that he chooses. So. He, just, he just scores tries. Like he does. Yeah. He's a winger that scores tries. That's all you need a winger to do. Like you don't. Yes, he isn't the best defensively. We know he's not the best defensively. And when he plays at fullback, you can see he's not that sort of player. But the fact that Evans Evans was at fullback again, you had Ferretto and Fenua um, and Faraimo on the one edge. Uh, Jordan Turner inside Eden probably give him a little bit more confidence because Jordan Turner is that second row loose forwards like sort of he, he can play sort of mm. anywhere so you can trust him to be able to do what he wants to do. Halfbacks when you look at Broadbent and Miller you think okay Smith and Lino should be doing something crazy here to to really outdo them, but I think Gareth Widdop not playing for Cass is helping them, which is mental to say. But he's old, he's getting on a bit, and it's just not what Cass need right now. And that Cass forward pack. Massey, McShane, um, Matangi, Griffin, Mella, Westerman, Lawler, Edwards, Mustafi. That's that's a really, that's quite a nice. Li- it's not too. It's not majorly amazing, but they just do the hard work. Mm, yeah, and they, they find, do. I, they I think up, a lot of that, platform, don't they, for the halfbacks? And and, a lot of that's Paul McShane. I think that he's the organizer yeah. in me, so he 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 um, makes sure that all those players are doing exactly what they need to do. And it's kind of like that's why it's so confusing that with it can't make it work because he's kind of got a really a great nine in front of him to do that bit for him, and all he's got to do is play off the back of it. And like I say, 
not doing that and Casa looking at the reserves and finding better options. Yeah, and the fact that Jack Broadbent's gone in there and he's wearing the seventeen shirts, he's not he's not been given a one to seventeen. So he's not been given a one to thirteen jersey. He's gone in there and he's he's actually for me he was the player of the game for Cass the, the way because he was playing in a position he's not really played in before, uh, and he just looked really really good. England Knights International, and I'm really interested to see how how he'll get on in in the in the rest of the rest of the season and if he manages to keep Gareth Wood about. Or do you move him to seven and put Widdup at six to see how they get on? And maybe that will help Widdup just become a little bit more of a calmer player. I, I don't really know how how that will work. Yeah, that's And because we know we know Jacob Miller is a is an okay player, but he's he's left Wakefield to go to the next worst team in the Super League. So he's just obviously fed up with not winning games, but he's winning more games than he was. Um, moving back to the NRL, Friday morning, two hat tricks. Uh, in this game, six conversions and a penalty, seven goals and a hat trick from the um, Trail Mitt at fullback. This guy is unbelievable. Like and Matt Burton's got two tries and like the back, the Bulldogs didn't play badly. They just really suffered with injuries. There was a lot of injuries. Yeah. So Preston um, Campbell Preston, I think it's Campbell Preston. He got hit with a um, a hip drop tackle. I mean, we all need, we all need to touch on it a little bit. Get them out of the game, pretty much, don't we? Yeah, that's it. There's, it's like like it's the talking point at the minute, and we've seen um, in the Wigan game, Mike Cooper had to had to leave the yeah. field early. He's um, out, out, in, for, out for the rest of the season, up nine to twelve months, I think, is recovery for Mike Cooper. Yeah. So, like, he was playing. I thought he was playing pretty well this year, and that's really difficult to see because he deserves. I thought he would have maybe played in the mid-season friendly if he'd have stayed fit. Yeah, it's just it's just a really like gross thing to do because it is just a hundred percent malicious. At the point in time when this kind of tackle is made, quite often the ball player is stood still anyway, yeah. and it's just a, a chop at the legs um, or like a lazy like a hip drop yeah. that's um, designed just to to like eat up a few more seconds, and it's like you, you can cost a player their career just for a few more seconds in a tackle it's not going to win you a game it's not high speed difficult call you know games on the line it's just like it's just not worth it and players need to um, just stop just stop it because they're all at risk of it and it's all their livelihoods on the line if they don't that's the we can change the rules we can increase their bands but it's on the players to do that yeah, uh, and Jermaine McGilfray's put it best. All the best in your recovery, big man. Uh, honestly, these tackles need to be outlawed. Absolutely disgraceful. I know the feeling too well, having been on the end of one of these last season, which left me out for more than six months. And it's actually the same player that's taking, that's doing both of these tackles. Um, mm. I'm just trying to see who it is. Um, oh, I'm just trying to think who it is. What it wasn't Knowles, was it? No, I don't think it was Knowles. I'm trying to see the player who makes the tackle. Yeah, I think it might have been Morgan Knowles. I think it might have been Morgan Knowles that made the tackle. Um, but this is like, I mean, to, for him to have made two of those tackles in two seasons, McGilvery was out for six months, Cooper's out for nine months. That's really that's really difficult for those players, but also. It has to be being te- it has to be being coached into the players, I think, because why would they be doing it otherwise? Do you know what I mean? Like, we've, yeah, I've, I never, I've just... never been taught to hip drop ever in union or league, and it's just not one of those things that you see. If you if if you realistically you want to slow that 
ball down, so you do want to try and get them on their back, but hip dropping them, we shouldn't be trying to purposely injure players. No, I don't know if it is purposeful to injure them, but I think it's like, come on, the the risk is so high, and like I say, it's not that player's like dead. They're not going anywhere. It's just done to waste time. Yeah, it, it's the it's, benefits don't outweigh the risks. No, not at all. And all the best to Mike Cooper. I know he's not one of the youngest players in Super League, so fingers crossed that's not his career. Um, and he can come back, mm. come back stronger. Um, before we move on to the big Friday, uh, Friday afternoon games in Super League, the Cowboys um, played the Dolphins. The Dolphins managed to get on top in this one, 32-22. Jermaine Asako with three tries and four goals uh, in, a, in a really, really good game. Um, Nick Arima and Katoa at half seemed to just give them a little bit of... Um, a little bit more solid, um, like so, 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 what's the word? Solid, just a bit of more of a solid platform from half. Yeah, um, yeah like and it's Dolphins just, it's just really the, well the Dolphins are doing very, very well. Uh, Brenko and Edric Lee both played on one edge together, so cousins combine in there. I'd like to see uh, Gild, Gildart get a bit more game time, um, but you and Aiken and, and Lee in the in the centres are playing unbelievably well. Um, someone I think who. I'm glad to see back scoring tries as Carl felt he hadn't scored in a while but got managed to get himself a double. Shall we talk about the biggest result of the weekend, the biggest winning margin of the week? Let's do it. Hull FC nil, Hull KR 40. Ryan Hall doesn't age, the big man doesn't age. Hat trick at the weekend. Uh, Coot got himself on the scoreboard with uh, a try and six goals. Tom Opacic and Mikey Lewis and is it, is it, uh, Will Batchelor, James Batchelor, whichever one. With James Batchelor, I think it is. Um, but yeah, he managed, yeah. he got himself a yellow card. Um, but I think he played very, very. I think that I think that whole whole KR team played unbelievably well. So yeah, really, really yeah. happy. And Elliot Minchella, as a loose ball, was after quite a bit of time out of the game. Well, out of Super League, has come in and played very, very well. I think he was playing League One at Bradford for a bit, wasn't he? When they when they dropped down to League One. Well, I, I'll have to take your word for it, mate. I I think he's. Um, been a pretty, pretty uh, solid player for Hull, Hull KR for a couple of years now, and especially in attack, he's really smart, really switched on, and yeah, yeah be, like playing that thirteen in the middle of the pitch, looking for those like short balls, nice offloads. That's exactly where um, he he flourishes. But yeah, this game was just like I I didn't believe that Hull FC would would do a repeat of what they did at the end of last year and just like completely bottle it, but. They did, and I think it must be really difficult to be a Hull FC fan knowing that Hull K out on the city right now, and um, like this quality that they, that Hull FC have in their side. I, I know that um, yeah, I know. it's awful, isn't it? Tex Hoy's not there, but let's be honest, he's not been the player that we thought he was going to be when he came no, over. Not at all. Um, they, like you know, Liam Sutcliffe, Tim Rivey. You say that though, you, I'm looking through this LFC team and I'm looking, Jamie Shaw, probably probably not now, not now. Like he, he was meant to be their number one, not anymore. He's wearing squad number 29, not up for it. Um, Adam Swift, he's okay, not anything good. Uh, is that Liam Sutcliffe in four? I think he's, yeah. I think he's in a, I think he's too good for the team. Quite frankly, I think he should be playing at a better team. Uh, Carlos Tumavavo has been there too long. He's got comfortable. He's never, no one's ever going to take him out of that shirt. 
Uh, Darnell McIntosh, I think, is just a bang average rugby league player. Uh, McNamara is still quite young. Clifford's still new to the game in this country. So between them, they could develop into a decent half partnership. I like Brad Dwyer. I really rate Brad Dwyer. Uh, Chris Satay, I like. Uh, Josh Griffin, I like. Brad Fash is only there for his haircut. Uh, I no, honestly, Brad Fash is a good player. I, I really rate him. Really I don't think he's. I don't think he's a prop forward though, and that's where he was playing at the week uh, on Friday. I don't think that's his position. He's good. He's in the thirteen shirt. I think he's more of a ball playing sort of miss yeah. forward. He's not. He's not down to prop. Um, Kane Evans is the most. Is the biggest liability in the league. Uh, Liggy Sal is obviously one of the top players in the in, in the, one of the top prop forwards in the league. But the fact that he's got they've got him on the bench as an impact player. Um, Scott Taylor. Is well past it, I think, for this this level. Like to, to 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 call him a top quality prop, when when five years ago everyone was thinking he could break into the England team before something whatever happened personally in his yeah. life changed him. And then Vuluka Japani is just a, a typical Fijian player, in my opinion. He 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 can carry hard, he can hit you hard, and he's got a good ball handling, but he doesn't necessarily give bring anything to the team. Yeah, like if that that could be that could be King Vanuatu, that could be anyone else and it's, they'd still give you the same play it doesn't matter it doesn't, it doesn't I, offer yeah. you something it doesn't give you something whereas you look at the like, whole KR bench Jez Litton offers you something completely different at hooker compared to Matt Parcell um, uh, Sue at, uh, at prop just Matt just scary big scary big Sam Luckley the same coming in used to play for Gateshead Thunder and like uh, Wolves End Eagles amateur and now he's in now like like playing for Scotland in World Cups, really, really good prop forward, and then Dean Hadley just brings a bit of experience off the bench as well. And that that whole KR team is just really perfectly balanced. You've got yeah. you've got a young edge of Wood and Opacic, you've got an experienced edge of uh, Kenny Dowland Hall, and then you've got the best kicker in Super League in Jordan Abdul, uh, setting a platform for Mike yeah. Lewis to skip all over the place. And like Jamie Shaw has, like, someone I don't know if it was you or it was. Toby that put it in the chat. Jordan Abdul has just ruined two fullbacks' careers in two weeks. Yeah, like Luke has gone back to the championship, and Jamie Shaw's never going to play fullback again in his life. Like it's just really like they need Tex Hoy back straight away, and I feel for, feel for um, Tony Smith as well because this is this has gone completely the wrong direction for him. Yeah, I I just I don't know what it is. Like Hull FC are one of the best um, supported teams in the league. They've got everything that they could possibly need to be successful and every single year they fall short. Yeah. And, and and I predicted a bit of a rebuild this year. I thought that, that they'd hit rock bottom last year. I think we all did, didn't we? Yeah, but it's just it just has happened again and it's like where where do you go? You know, you, you bring in players that have had success like Dwyer and, and Sutcliffe, you bring in NRL talent and it still doesn't quite convert. No, doesn't convert at all. Something needs to happen, and whether that means that Smith is going to be out of a job, whether that means they try and bring in players to to they've boost done the that though, you know, they've, Yeah, they've I, don't, I don't know what you can do. They've got a new coach and new players. Do they have to give them a year? Do they what? What do they do? Because they are at risk of getting dragged into a battle at the bottom. They don't want to get dragged into. Yeah, they're sat sat in eleventh right now after this weekend's results. So yeah. they are they are four points clear of of Wakefield at the bottom but like you said they're not far they're not far off that's that's no, the way the season's no, going they've got Leeds they've got Leeds up next as well and we'll talk about Leeds in a sec I know they weren't the, the best team on the pitch when they played but they've got Leeds up next then Huddersfield Wigan and then Wakefield so they might not pick up any points in, for another four weeks so and if Wakefield 
if something miraculous happens at Wakefield and Wakefield pick up a win, then I mean they've got Lee, then Wigan, then Warrington before they face Hull FC. So maybe they might shock Lee. Who knows? Something might happen, and that might be a bit tastier at the bottom. Next up, this was this is this game. I'm going to let you take control of this one. Wigan versus Saints at the DW Stadium. Twenty was it twenty four thousand and. Three hundred and five. Yeah, something like that. Crazy numbers. Um, Incredible. But, highest attendance in eighteen years. Yeah, highest attendance for Wigan in eighteen years. Um, which is not difficult because they don't get anyone when they play anyone else at home. And <laughs> it's usually in a ridiculously empty stadium. But to see it sold out um, for this game on Good Friday was really, really good. I think Harry Smith. I tell you what, um, George King and Joe Wardle. Is it Jake Wardle or Joe Wardle? Jake Wardle, isn't it? Jake, yeah. Um, yeah, those two centres, really, 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 really impressive. Um, and I think they're young enough and they're experienced enough to maybe play in that England game in a couple of weeks' time and maybe just sort of fix that problem that England might have in the backs at the centre. And trying to, instead of trying to shoehorn a fullback into centre like we really try and do, then I think this might be the time. Yeah. The, the battle between Harry up, Smith yeah. and... Yeah, they really are. The battle between Harry Smith and Lewis Dodd in the seven shirt, the, the next England number seven, that's going to be a, that's going to be crazy because I know George Williams is, is plays really well, but he's more of a six, isn't he? Yeah, I think, so, um, like, based on this game, Smith wins it because he was absolutely class. Yeah, he really was. Everything he did was just bang on and, like, Wigan, Wigan as a whole just... Well, from the off, we're really up for it. Really playing well together. Really like feeding off the energy in the in the ground. Whereas Saints just sort of, it just didn't happen for them. It just didn't turn on. They couldn't um, string anything together. They were just uncharacteristically unorganised, and um, it just was like almost half time. You think like they've not even started yet. They haven't even started playing, and. Um, I think they were unlucky with uh, Makinson obviously nearly got one at half time, just yeah. before half time. And that would have changed things because that would have given them some belief because um, after they did score in the uh, second half, there was a real sort of like momentum shift and there was um, they were riding the wave and really um, looking for the next try. And they only, they only really got themselves to blame. They, they, they bottled it and... Um, big time. I think they need to. Yeah. I think they need to fix the problem with Harrell playing in the centres as well. He's such a defensive yeah. liability on on an edge that most teams attack to. A lot of teams play left because the majority of players are right-handed, so they'll play left. And you're putting him at right centre, and yes, going forward, oh, it's unbelievable because he's just a battering ram. But defensively, he's such a liability that it puts mm. it puts Wellsby and Makinson in a really tough spot because they look bad when they can't cover him. Because, yeah, because Wellsby didn't, well. didn't play very well at all. Lomax was really quiet. James Roby is showing his age now a little bit. Um, I think you said that um, Lusick is the future, um, which I yeah. found quite funny. Um, Delaney came coming on for Saints, really young lad, really, really impressive. I think when you look at the England nine shirt now, you're looking at um, who Wigan had on the bench and Brad O'Neill. I think he's really, really good. Mentioned him at the start of the year. He really, really impressed me. Uh, just a bit of breaking news um, after the um, independent tribunals tonight. Morgan Knowles has been banned for five games and has been fined £500 for dangerous contact uh, with Mike Cooper. I don't know if that's enough, quite frankly. Um, and also, we mentioned Gil Dudson. I don't know if we mentioned Gil Dudson yet, but we'll mention Gil Dudson. But before we do that, uh, he's also been banned uh, for five games and also been fined £500 uh, for punching Tom Johnson on, on Saturday, during Saturday's game. 
So a couple of big, that makes couple, sense. Of, couple of big bands. Um, Lee Leopard's uh, CU Manifor guy has been uh, has appealed a one match suspension for late contact with Salford Red Devils opponent. Uh, it's been downgraded from B to A, and a one match suspension has been cancelled. So he successfully appealed that, but he has been fined two hundred and fifty pounds. So those three uh, tribunals have been have been sorted and been fixed. So five match bans for both. Dudson and Knowles and a £250 fine for Ava C. Money for Guy. So I think they're fully, fully deserved. But yeah, as Lee said, yeah. you, you were at this Wigan game. Uh, I don't know if you want to tell us any stories about your night out, but apparently Wigan's not a very nice place to go. <laughs> oh, it, honestly, it wasn't rough. It wasn't rough. Everyone there was so friendly and so nice. I actually I actually lost my wallet and somebody oh. handed it in. So oh, to the people funny. of Wigan, to the person in Wigan that did that for me, <laughs> saved my life but yeah honestly i had, I had quite a good time like it was a, it and this is just what i wish every super league game was like it was a massive clash it had a real sort of like feeling of the finals like it was just mint and yeah, really um, good, wasn't it? yeah and it and obviously there was a lot on the line like both these teams at the top of the table obviously like after this result wigan jumped from um, third up into second and Saints dropped from fourth into fifth so they've both gone opposite directions but yeah mint, mint game and I just wish that they could have um, pulled pulled half the crowd that they did for this for the for the World Cup because yeah. they, it was a bit of a letdown they had, to, they had the England men's and women's I think I think um, the crisis of the World Cup I don't think the, I, I think I, this is where this is where I think we kind of agree but disagree and slightly is that the, yeah. we, and the World Cup's been and gone there's nothing we can do now but I think the prices of World Cup tickets put a lot of people off. They, I don't think they need to be as, as high as what they were. And I think that is one of the only negatives I took from the World Cup was the prices because it put a lot of people right. off. Yeah, I, I think there's there's lots of reasons to it. and like, But I think, you know, I don't know. I'm just support your country in a, in a quarterfinal yeah. against PNG. It was, it was massive. And yeah. Like, but the whole town, the whole town of Wigan was just like mental. I've never been anywhere like it. As soon as we got out of the car, we could just hear chants like echoing through through like the streets. That's so cool. Like, there was people everywhere, and I've never been on a night out and seen more rugby league shirts. <laughs> it was great. It was fantastic. So, um, I would recommend an, an away trip to Wigan if, if your team's playing there. Team's but, playing Wigan. Yeah, it was it was a good laugh. I'm really glad you had a really good weekend and you managed to watch some games on, on telly at the same time. A game that I got up to watch um, was Panthers versus Manly, a game I was really looking forward to. I thought Trevojevic, um against Edwards was going to be a really good battle, but it looks like Tommy Turbo has injured himself again. He picked up a knock at the at half time and he just didn't look right at all. Um, so yeah. I don't know what to, I don't know what he's going to do. I think I think he needs to look at himself and go, oh, maybe this is just not for me. Maybe I'm just not. Gonna, maybe, maybe I'm pushing myself too much. Am I? Am I really? Am I I'm more of a hindrance than a help for Manly at the minute? But Dylan is there a more injury prone I, I generally don't think there is. Uh, Dylan Edwards with four tries though, definitely won the battle of the fullbacks. Cleary got a try and kicked seven conversions and a penalty. Uh, the bloke can't miss when it comes to kicking goals. I really like the Penrith team. They, they seem to have got back into the the swing of things again. They're back on top form. And, I really can't can't knock them really. They're just yeah. they are one of the best teams. They're back to second in the table, but it's the Brisbane Broncos that are well ahead. I mean, I don't think this table's right. Um, it says that Penrith have won three but got um, eight points. So I don't think the the NRL table or the BBC Sport is right. 
So I'm going to go and check the, the proper the proper NRL ladder. Um, it might be because of the the buys. Uh, yeah, the buys. But why do they have eight points then if they've only won three games? Why do they get a, Why do they get two points for a buy? That's what you get. Is that what you get? Is that how it works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes down as like a win. What? That's ridiculous. So every, yeah. that's fine. So we're, we're not going to know the table. Oh, yes. That means, yes, that means the Tigers are going to get two points next week. <laughs> get it. Yeah, they, <laughs> they won't finish on zero. <laughs> they won't finish on zero because we've got a bye next week. Get in. Up the pissing Tigers. Come on. Um, the next game, Brisbane Broncos versus Canberra Raiders. Did you see the head injury to, um, oh, I forgot his name, oh, Jordan Rappiner. Did you see it? I don't think I did. Oh, while I'm talking about this game. Bloody. Was it um, bloody? Yeah, yeah. While I'm talking about this game, find the clip if you can. Um, he, went to take, he went to take a high ball. He, he did manage to catch it. But as, um, as it happened, a, um, a Broncos player came over the top and just caught a, a lazy knee, caught uh, Jordan Rappiner on the head and it absolutely started flying out of his head but a really good game Herbie Palmer oh, yeah. really impressed me I'm trying to think who it was oh yeah that uh, was who was it I'm trying to think who it was now that, that came over the top and it's whose knee it was that uh, that hit him it might have been Martin Kapow yeah it might have been um, Marty Kapow um, the big second row yeah. prop of, off the bench but isn't he yeah. a monster, by the yeah. way, to Powell? He is ridiculous. Like, every time he comes on the screen, I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. The size of his triceps are yeah. just humongous. Yeah, Selwyn Cobbo with a great finish in the corner, just showing his strength and battering through. Uh, it was really good to see Jared Croker back. It's a shame, like I said, Toby's not around. I would have liked to talk to him about seeing Jared Croker back. Kicked four goals uh, for the Raiders. Um, the Brisbane, everyone was like, oh, yeah, can't wait to see uh, Herbie Farmer could Tony Staggs absolutely bully Jared Croker but it seemed to happen the other way around uh, Croker playing really really well uh, I really like Brad Schneider at, at 6 for the Raiders he's he's rapid as well so this is a really nice Canberra Raiders team captained by Elliot Whitehead so fingers crossed they can start playing well Elliot Whitehead can get himself back into a little bit of form and we can go from there back to Super League another cracking game and the least rivaled game out of the weekend I think from Super League but Lee versus Salford Lee 20 Salford 22 Josh Charnley two tries for Josh Charnley getting himself back into form how this is the this is the thing right we're looking at we're looking at wingers McGilvray played really well Hall played really well Charnley played really well all these old time wingers playing really well the year after a World Cup we know that the World Cup is only three years away. So are they going to be fit? Are they going to be young enough? Are they going to be red? Are they going to be primed in three years? Or are they hitting form at the wrong time? Because they're not going to be around. Are they, are they going to be able to hit form come World Cup? Should we just be ignoring the fact they're playing really well because they're too old? Yeah, I mean, that's a harsh way of saying it. From an England perspective, it's irrelevant. But it's just, it is nice to see because these players are sort of like, like I say, they're, they're old timers. We've shared so many um, highlights in their career, and so for them to sort of like find and find a new home, like like Charlie and Briscoe, find a new home and like actually be thriving and and playing really well. I say Josh Charlie's. Nice. I say Josh Charlie's old. He's thirty one, so he's three years, three four years younger than Ryan Hall. So there's no reason why well, Charlie yeah, can't be playing at the next World Cup because Ryan Hall. Even is. in his prime, he, he wasn't. Yeah. He hasn't played for England since. He hasn't played for England since 2014, but he did score nine tries in eight games. 
So, I mean, it's one of them. Do you know what I mean? It's... Did you see his, um, I think it was his second try where he, he grubbered it, ran out, and then. Yeah, yeah, just, the finish. Just got his tiptoes back yeah. in the field. And you, then... see, you see tries like that every week in rugby league, and it's really good. Um, but the, the problem is, we don't see, people aren't seeing this because the, we don't get paid on the BBC. We really need to get a proper. We need to get rid of Sky. Get get Super yeah. League off Sky Sports and we'll be perfectly fine. That's the way I see it. Um, Dragons versus Wire. The battle of the two teams, seven from seven, I think they were. Or did Catalan, yeah. Catalan had lost the week before or something, hadn't they? Uh, yeah, so oh, yeah. Six from seven against seven from seven. Wire now go eight from eight. Four points secure at the top of the table with a 35 points um, points difference above Wigan as well, so that's that's another win on top, really. So you're looking at four points and another another win. So mm. Wire were really good. Wire were, were scary good. Josh Dulis was arguably he's really showing his his talent his talent now now that he's playing regularly. Um, obviously a red card for Warrington in the 66th minute. Gil Dudson we just touched on that five match ban uh, for a punch on Tom Johnson. I don't really see how it how it came about. Yeah, I think he was just mad because Tom Tom Johnson had been like catching intercepts and running back up the field quite oh, yeah. a few times. He was actually unlucky that he he didn't score any of them because there was a in broken play he had a few chances and he was just like one tackle away from scoring or whatever or he had to give the ball away. But I think um, Gil Dawson was just angry about the fact that he'd had to run up and down the pitch so many times and so <laughs> it was, was just one time too many yeah. I, I don't know I, something must have been said on the floor yeah something something's been said explosion. so yeah. stupid yeah. there's no um, way you get away with that and no like, something something about welsh props punching defensive players on the floor uh, just, just yeah. gets me it's, that's it's something else we need to talk to toby about what's going what are they drinking in wales that makes props do this to the like, defenseless players <laughs> on the floor do you know what i mean first man flower now gil dudson like craziness, absolute craziness. Um, we're back. We're, but did you see, like, just talking about Sky Sports, his reaction, yeah, yeah, his reaction was sick, wasn't it? He, 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 was, he just oh, smiled, God. he just smiled and like put his like stuck his tongue out. I was like, yeah, I'll do it yeah. again. Like, I'm not that bothered, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, you're hard, yeah. I'm so hard. I just, I just punched yeah. the lad on the floor. I'm, I'm such a big man. Do you know what I mean? This is ridiculous. But, but um, you just talking about Sky, and like, Sky didn't really sell anything about the whole weekend. But no. I couldn't get that off my Twitter feed. It's like no. I know it's I know it's controversy. I know that the the most watched YouTube clip of rugby league ever is the Ben Flower punch, which is very similar. Yeah, but, but I don't want to see this. this is, is not that how we sell our game? No. Like, Why are we not you know, promoting the tries that have been scored all across Sky Sports? Exactly. Josh Charlie's try or like yeah. just any any of the big moments from the um from the sellout games. games you yeah. know, Arthur Romano's double. I think in was it? Did he score a double Arthur Romano in the game? No, he just scored Arthur Romano's one try. Sorry, his second one was disallowed, but his first try is the he was just he doesn't look like he's six foot two and fifteen stone, but he is, and he's ridiculously scary. And I wouldn't want I wouldn't want him running anyway. <laughs> uh, moving on to Sunday, four four games on Sunday. There's actually five games on Sunday. There was a Betfred Betfred wheelchair Super League game that you could have gone and watch if you wanted to. Halifax Panthers beat Warrington Wolves wheelchair one hundred and twenty two points to two in yeah so a bit one side that's a, a difficult sell that isn't yeah it? that's a really difficult sell um quickly on wheelchair rugby league three games at birmingham university this weekend this saturday i think first kickoff is 12 o'clock might be a bit earlier uh it's worth going to check that 
but uh, get get yourself down there go and watch that that's going to be really really just really fun all three super league games on in one place on one day live on the sportsman so if you can't get there do watch it um we'll just run over the nrl really really quickly gold coast titans beat st george 20 points to 18 it was eight all at half time uh toby sexton as as they like to call him at the gold coast um uh, the, i think they call him uh, the sex the sex bomb or something sexy man whatever they, they've given him a weird nickname but he played really really well at six uh yeah it was really really bad uh, Campbell at fullback, Carm Pereira. This this Gold Coast Titans team really getting into their own. Uh, the Fasua Malawi brothers in there, really really good. Cruz Lee yeah. made his debut off the bench. And, um, and our man was there, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, Cruz. Yeah. Big big Cruz leaving played very well actually. Um, yeah, he held his own. He's, he? he's held his own really really well. Only off the plane like two days before or something. Only done like one session, which was mental. Come straight in into the number nineteen shirt, um, and I think he'll be then. I think he'll be their first choice. Uh, nine now that um, now he's got a bit of game time under his belt. I think he played more than Randall did um, at Hooker throughout the game. So it just goes yeah. to show how much he impressed uh, for the Titans. Newcastle Knights beat the uh, New Zealand Warriors 34-24. It looked like the Warriors were coming back in this one, um, but the Knights just threw, um, ran away with it in the end. Um, Greg Marzu grabbing a double. Dominic Young getting back on the try scoring sheets. I think he scored seven tries this season already. After being dropped two weeks ago, he scored five tries in two games. Um, as Dom knows, so I don't think he's going to be losing his spot in that team anytime soon. Uh, Jackson Hastings, another Great Britain slash England player that we could be looking at. Again, he's in a really good halfback partnership with um, with Crossland in there. So really, 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 really happy with the way he's playing. I'm really hoping that he we decide that he, we want we want to get him back into the England fold because I think he is one of the best halfbacks. Yeah. That we can choose when we were looking at the battle of the sevens if you're looking at um harry smith lewis dodd and jackson hastings then i think it's a no-brainer when you put, you put hastings ahead of them i know the women's game was up next in terms of the television guide but we're going to skip that we're going to talk about that at the end because there was a few talking points in that one uh leeds rhinos versus huddersfield giants 18 points to 17. what was jake connor doing in that kick he thought he was winning the game and he just dribbled it into touch yeah. Um, a yellow card for Richie Myler, which I think was a little bit unlucky. Um, yeah. And I think McGilvray said as he was walking off, "That's harsh, that mate." Uh, so I think McGilvray is very, very clued up in in what good and what what's good and what's not. When you look at this Huddersfield Giants team, what I noticed was that Connor, uh, Lola Heya, and Price were rotating as a tr as a three because they can all play fullback and yeah. they can all play half. And I think throughout the game they were just sort of, you have a rest, you have a go, you have a rest, you have a go, and it was allowing. <laughs> And I think that's going to be, I don't know if it, it, worked, it looked to be working for a little bit, but then it didn't work um, after that. Chris McQueen, he's got to get back into the England fold. He looks he looks unreal in the second row, does Chris McQueen. I'm yeah. really, really happy. And young Harry Rushton and Jack Ashworth, those guys playing for Huddersfield Giants. Edge, uh, fringe players, but I think they're going to really work their way into the team. So I'm really, really happy. Yeah. Really I was impressed team. with um, Lola here, actually. I thought he's, he made a couple of like really dynamic breaks and just... Yeah. You, just the best of him, you know. So we don't see it very often, but when he does, when he does hit form, he is gold dust. Yeah, he is. He like really he's is. got a, a, a massive strong bend on him, great step. He's, he's, you know, he's quick, he's powerful, but he's also got that like um, vision to make passes and kicks and things when you've got players streaming through, and that we saw the best of it. And it, I was, I felt for him to not get a win off that off that performance. 
performance. But. Yeah, really, I felt for him a little bit as well. Um, mm. McDonald for Leeds, I think, was the best player on the park. I think he played really, really well. Young player in the second row against Chris McQueen. I think he really put up. And in that back row, you had Bentley, McDonald, and Smith. I think McDonald stood out more than the other two did. Um, a lot of the focus on before the game was on Cam Smith. But I think McDonald was the one that was the one that stood up for me, and it was good to yeah. see uh, Reese Martin. Well, I say get his kicking boots back on. He kicked one, um, but yeah. getting on the score sheet, getting in there, so it's really, really good from Leeds. And I know they're not playing the best rugby so far this year, but they're not. They're definitely not with one of the worst teams. They're seventh, four wins, four losses, same as Salford. Um, yeah, but that they're was... just slowly cl- like climbing their way up from a bad start, aren't they? Yeah, they are, and they, they I think well, they got to a grand final after a worse start last year. So you yeah. can't ever write off Leeds, you can't write off Saints, and I don't think you're going to be able to write off the Giants either. With if, with one more win, if they if they win their game in hand, uh, they'll probably push up to fifth as well for the Giants because they both them and Saints have got a game in hand, which I don't even think is against each other, which it's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Next up, we're going to talk West versus Para. This was the most disappointing day of the weekend for me on Monday. Uh, got up early to see West lose to Parramatta. It was 28-6 at one point, I think it was. And it, I thought the West were going to be able to come back and, and take it to, to Golden Point. But Parramatta just did enough in the end. I don't know what to say. Uh, that's what I'm going to say on the matter. I really don't. I'm, I'm fed <laughs> up. You're having a bit of a, a soak. You're still not over it. I'm not over it, no. I just think we're, no wins from six games. Something's got to change, and I don't think it's I don't think it's the coaches. I think it's more of the ownership of the club, but that's not going to change. Um, Halifax versus Bradford wrapped up the weekend in a horrible game at the Shea. Lots of, um, lots of rain, lots of mud, lots of tries. Four tries apiece. Um, for both teams, uh, but two a, a conversion of the penalty from deck pattern was enough to win the game for the Bradford Bulls at the Shea. This is mental. Both Saltonstall and Wormsley picked up injuries, I believe, for for the Panthers, but just played on until the end because they didn't really have anyone else to come on for them. I was really impressed with um, Aribe Doro. Tom Inman didn't get enough of the game as what I thought he might do. Um, at, at Hooker, Brandon Moore would be in Halifax players man of the match. Um, but Bradford Bulls are good, but when you look at this, they've got Roberts, Donaldson, and Walters um, all playing for them this weekend. They're not going to be playing in two weeks because they're not allowed to play in the cup because they're dual reg players. You're not allowed to play dual reg players in the cup, um, so they won't be playing for for Bradford in two weeks against Halifax. So they're very much boosted, and I think that that team is isn't that that game is not necessarily a real reflection on the Halifax performance this year. Um, Quite frankly, and I was impressed. By how, I was a bit disappointed, but I was also impressed at the same time to go to go a man down um, as well for ten minutes was was something that really shouldn't have happened. Ben Kavanaugh absolutely walloped um, Tom Holmes, fully deserved, may I add, absolutely fully deserved. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's go back to Sunday then. Leeds Rhinos um, versus York Valkyries in the Betfred Women's Super League. York Valkyrie with a big thirty-four twelve win. They looked really solid. Rhiannon Marshall was arguably my player of the match but I want to talk about the battle between Caitlin Beavers and Tara Jane Stanley there were some absolute belting shots going in between those two uh, I know Beavers started as, as a fullback moved into the wing and then now playing at centre but is she trying to get that fullback shirt off Tara Jane Stanley I mean Tara Jane Stanley can kick goals and score tries but she's not Kate she was getting bullied by Caitlin Beavers yeah those, those two are like um, yeah they They've got a lot of history, don't they, against each other in, in the grand final last year, obviously both fullbacks um going into the World Cup. Who's gonna get the fullback shirt? It actually most of the game was played with um 
Stanley at centre and Bennett and uh, yeah. <laughs> Who was playing there? <laughs> well, you could just. And, I'm going blank. Beamer's on the wing, so yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I could under, I completely understand if there was bitterness and that was behind the hits, but I I don't think there was. Um, I think they just literally are just absolute um, <laughs> just compute like just pure yeah. athletes, pure competitive athletes. nature, yeah. and yeah. it's not a, it's not a bit of rivalry. It's just like they both want to just give it their all, and it was just great to watch on it. And especially from a York point of view, it was like the perfect game, yeah, nice and close at the start, tip for tat, and then we just sort of um, managed managed to pull away. And it, it was just the same players again that wins these games. Holly yeah. Maybrod, Tamsin Renew, um, and obviously Tara Jane Stanley. I'm re- really um, pleased to, to see how we started the year. And, um, you know, I I know it's early doors, but I'm thinking, yeah, we've got a shot. We can win it this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, Jasmine Bell obviously picked up a yellow card for a dangerous tackle on um, yeah. James Bennett. My, my shout-out for my player of the game for on Leeds' side was, was Beth Dainton. Um, a serving army soldier she's played women's super league south for a few years for the army um, alongside Kai Glynn who was I think 18th man for the Leeds or 18th woman sorry for the Leeds Rhinos at the weekend both of the players have been signed up uh, by Leeds from the army which is really good to see so it shows that there's a pathway for, for serving soldiers out there to play professional sports um, Amy Hardcastle playing in the second row was a bit I, I think she looked a little bit lost in the middle she, she should really be playing further out I think Beavers on yeah. I think Beavers on the edge of Hardcastle is probably not going to be very good but with Hardcastle on one edge Beavers on the other would be quite nice at centre and Georgia Hale she just smashed everyone she just absolutely that that was a really good battle between Georgia Hale and um, and Dodd in, at loose forward but yeah. I think I think Sinead Peach playing off of um, playing off Rhiannon Marshall and Tara J. Stanley those three playing really really well together so I was really impressed by this game. This was, I think, this was, this was, this. I, the, in terms of quality of rugby league, this was actually up there with, with the majority of of games. Yeah, it was. So. And it's like I can't. With like players like Holly May Dodd, you think you early in their career. I I want to see them tested in the NRLW, but I, was, I don't want yeah. them to go because I, I I love being able to watch them play for for York and just in the in the um, it, like in the women's super league. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, I just think that they they are just a, a level above, and to see them tested at that next um, level would be. Um, I just feel like it would it would earn uh, earn our earn the respect of of the other nations for them to see our players week in week out that we've got that are just pure talent. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's a lot of NRLW signings being made um, by by clubs ready for the season. Um, the Raiders have landed the signatures of Kiwi uh, Ferns winning at Madison Bartlett and former Jillaroo Shakaya Tungai for the 2023 season. Um, the Raiders have announced seven signings, including Sophie Holliman, Ash Quinlan, uh, S- uh, Simayama uh, Tafua, Zahara Tamara, and Mona Lisa uh, Soliola, all set to wear the, wear the green for them. Um, the West Tigers announced five new signings to join the club, all signing from the Parramatta Reels. Uh, Najvada George, Losana Lutu, Christian Peel uh, and Tess Staines all played for the, uh, the New South Wales Premiership team last year. And Eel Centre, Rakaia Horn were unveiled at the home game. They'll join Kezi App, Sarah uh, Togatuku and Botel Vet Walsh as the inaugural West uh, Tigers NRLW players last week. 
the Cowboys have signed former Titan centre Jasmine Peters on a three-year deal. Peters joins local products and former Knights uh, Emma Maiselman and Tallulah Tillett as the club's first three signings. And the Roosters have kicked off by um, recommitting Isabel Kelly uh, to a new deal. Whereas, uh, meanwhile, New South Wales Sky Blues halfback Rachel Pearson signed a three-year deal with Parramatta. Uh, with uh, Kennedy Cherrington also committing to a three-year deal. Uh, former Jillaroo Tasman Gray has returned to the Broncos. Uh, Mel Hafunga um, is also set to play in the NRLW for the first time, signing with the Broncos. Uh, the Broncos The Broncos team includes Ali Brigginshaw, Gail Broughton, Destiny Brill, uh, Chelsea Leonard Doozy, Julia Robinson, Jada Ferguson, Brianna Clark, and Shanae uh, Cecil Olka. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Um, St. George Illawarra uh, signed Dalia medal winner Rasheen McGregor on a one year deal and added Bobby Law and Sarah Suatu to their squad. They've also re-signed uh, Zali Hopkins, uh, Keely Brown, Paige McGregor, Tara McGraw-West, and Renee Target. It's the sixth edition of the Telstra Women's Premiership, which sees the Sharks, the Cowboys, the Raiders, the West Tigers join the Dragons, Roosters, Broncos, Eels, Knights, and the Titans in a new-look 10-league team for 2023. There'll be 24 NRLW contracts and four development contract lists, so the top 24 must be contracted by the 5th by 5pm on Wednesday the 24th of May. Uh, the clubs will be able to have one marquee player in their squad. This player will have a minimum no, uh, notional inclusion in the salary cap. Uh, the NRLW season will commence on July the 22nd with a draw expected in April. Pre-season to begin on May the 29th. The player contracts will be active until October the 31st. Clubs will be able to negotiate with players off contract from the 1st of November in the final year of the contract. And the winning NRLW team will receive a prize money share of 350,000 Australian dollars. Wow. So there's a lot of unsigned players still not to be signed up by teams. And there's a lot of rumours about the likes of Holly Mae Dodd, George, um, Sinead Peach, and quite a few of the players that played in that Leeds versus York game. Potentially yeah. going over. Uh, Beavers, Hale might be going back. Um, Hornby, Renouf, all players that have been rumoured to be going, potentially going over to the NRLW. So, will those players stick around this year, or will we be having to sort of see where we go from there? So, speaking of new leagues, though, it's the Summer Conference League that returns this weekend, Robin. So, I'm going to be back working again, back for Brentwood Tigers after a disappointing cup uh, result against Brentwood Eels. We take on the West Warriors at home in game number one. Um, so it's going to be a really tough start to the league so really hoping really really hoping that they don't have all their big guns playing for them this week maybe they've, <laughs> maybe they've all gone home uh, looking at the other fixtures uh, for this weekend um, London Chargers are at home against Brentwood Eels and the Hammersmith Hills hoists host the Eastern Rhinos looking at the table of eight yes, Bedford Tigers Brentwood Eels Bristol All Golds Eastern Rhinos based out of Colchester Ham Hammersmith Hills hoists you have London Chargers, North, West, North Hearts Crusaders best based out of Hitchin and then West Warriors based out of London as well. So uh, it's basically the East Conference has been kept as it is with Bristol moving over from the West to create one big conference. Each team will play each other twice, home and away, with a top four going into the playoffs with Challenge Cup fixtures on the line next year. So really, really looking forward to that. Is, you, is everything all right over there, mister? Me? Yeah, loads of noise coming from you. Is that really? Yeah, just what you're doing. Sorry, mate. <laughs> um, but yeah, Summer Conference League gets underway this weekend. We'll be discussing more about the results next week. Um, hopefully, Bedford Tigers can get two points on the board early on. Midlands Premier League now, amateur rugby. Um, if you had to go and watch a game of Community Rugby League, 
um, Robin in the Midlands or somewhere outside of the teams that you know kind of charge or York Acorn for example when you go to see York Acorn play do you have to pay to get in? Uh, they've, they've charged in the past but to be honest for big games um, only for big games right? Yeah like say they've, they've gone really deep into the cup or something like that yeah yeah they've um, got like a pro team coming or whatever but but not every week not for not for like a league no, over against I, someone I in their think... league or whatever I think it like it would damage the community um, aspect. You know, yeah, the, yeah, the attendances would drop because yeah. it's not. Yeah, it's not. Uh... Yeah, I, I agree. I I, I perfectly, perfectly agree, and that's why I was shocked to see Birmingham Bulldogs versus Coventry Bears billed as the Battle of the West Midlands. It's six pound to get in if you want to go and watch that game. Um, this is mental because it's been called the Battle of the West Midlands. But Telford's closer to Birmingham than Coventry, I believe. And I believe that Le- Leamington is also closer to Coventry and they're all in the same league. So, and all these places are in the West Midlands. This is, this is I think this is a really bad call from Birmingham, quite frankly, to, to charge £6, two quid, whatever, fine. But like, six quid to go and watch a community game, for me, is, is a bit bit too much. Yeah, I... I... They must think that they're going to make money off it. Yeah, but must, I think it's. I, I just think yeah, people are going to stop coming, and when you're in an area like that that's that's trying to grow and trying to build, yeah, to 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 turn people away because they don't want to pay six quid, which is like, it's not a lot of money to receive, but it's not a <laughs> money to pay for what it's worth. No, I mean when we when yeah. Redford Tigers travelled to Distington in the cup in twenty twenty, I think it was, or twenty nineteen, whichever I think it was twenty twenty, because it was the, the January just before COVID, because COVID hit like the month later. Um they were charging two pounds for people to get in through just through the gate. So you could go to the club, but if you wanted to come through the gate and like watch it from some somewhere closer you had to pay two pounds and you got a programme for it. So basically, you're just, well, paying, you're just paying for your program, kind of thing. Yeah. Which is fine, yeah. and that's the way. That's the way I think it should work. You pay two pound. Your programs are costing you what ten p a program, whatever. You're paying two pound. You're making a well, maybe making a pound off everything if it's a pound a program for your cost or whatever. But six quid to go and watch a, a Midlands Premier game when there's seven Conference League games that you can go and watch for free this weekend. There's League One games. You, I think you can go and get in for a fiver. Yeah. Or maybe maybe a tenner. I think six. I think if they were looking at two three pound because it was a charity day or whatever, fine. But six quid for me to I wouldn't I wouldn't want to go and watch that game. For I think I think they'd actually get more money in if it was a a voluntary yeah, admission voluntary. fee. Yeah, voluntary like if you said fee. to people, pay what you think it's worth, yeah. because then you get those people coming that that can't afford it or don't want to pay, yeah, and you'd still get them coming through the gates. But those people that are like, actually, this is where I want to spend my money. I, I think it's good value for money and I want to contribute, they might put in six quid, they might put in more. And I think that that would be a much better way to do it. If that's, if that's, um, I know it's a little bit more unpredictable, but I think yeah. that that would be, you just want to see what, see what people are willing to pay. A better kind of response. Yeah, and you can, and you can make a note of what people pay as well then. Like, yeah, that's if, a good point. If yeah. someone's dropping in two, if the, if most, if the average what people are dropping in is £2.50, you know that the rest of that year you can charge £2.50. Yeah, that all yeah. the minimum that people are paying is two pound fifty. Everyone else is paying more. You can maybe put it for three quid or whatever. Like if there's no people paying less than two pound, or some people are not paying at all, then that's up to them. But if most people are paying and they're paying more than two pound or whatever, you charge two pound, or even if it's just a quid, like there you go, there's a quid, but there's a is a small program for us. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah. Um, so it's one of those. Um, I was listening to the Rugby League Outsiders podcast, which I know is a bit of a rival for us. They're a brand new podcast this year, and I'd like to actually get them on board. I'd like to, I'd like to do try and do a mix with them. So if there's if there's one of you guys listening, um, please do get in, please do get in touch with us. I'd like to just have a sit down chat, and we, we can have a chat about rugby league outside of the Heartlands. Uh, I know Robin's a York fan, um, but you know Craig and Carl. Yeah. Craig and Carl, yeah, if you're yeah. listening, do do get in touch because I mean, we are we are big advocates for rugby league outside of the Heartlands, and we would be we'd love to get we'd love to have a, yeah we'd have, love to have a collab. You come onto ours, we'll come onto yours, and we'll discuss all things rugby league outside of the M62 corridor. Um, they were saying they were speaking to Toby Whelan, Toby Whelan and Pete Gatenby from Leamington Royals, and I think. I think it was uh, Toby Whelan or Pete that said, or some one of one of the four, whether it's Toby, Pete, um, Craig, or I forgot his name now, Carl, um, were saying they they actually refund people that paid to go and watch them. They'd be paying people back if they had to pay to go and watch them. Um, Coventry Bears replied that all their games are free this year for people that want to go and watch them. So there's a little bit of niggle. This Midlands League is a bit of niggle between these teams. There's, they're building some rivalries, and that's what they're saying. It's all about we, rivals rounds just happened. We've got to try and build rivalries outside of just the Super League and and um, the Championship. We've just got to try and push 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 the game again. We've got to try and grow the game. I mean, I remember late '90s, early noughties, there was a national comp. The National Conference League was actually a National Conference League. Um, and yeah. the, the rugby league conference was an was the highest amateur level, where like you had Bramley, Hemel, uh, you had Scarborough play, Bridlington were playing, Bedford in there, St Albans in there, and the teams would travel all over the country to go and play each play each other at the end of the year. You'd have small regional leagues all at the same level, and then those players would then go and play, and then the winner would win the Harry Jepson Trophy at the end of the year. That's how it all did. Win the rugby league conference, which was then turned into the Harry Jepson Trophy, which is coming back this year as well. I'm not sure how it's coming back, but that's coming back this year. So. Really looking forward to seeing that come back this That's year. That's cool. So, but the teams that have won Harry Jepson passes are uh, North London Scholars, Crawley Jets, Chester Wolves, Teesside Steelers, uh, Coventry Bears, Bridge End Blue Balls, Witness Saints in 2004. By the way, that Witness Saints 2004 game, um, I believe in the semi final, uh, Witness uh, beat um, Bedford Tigers in that semi final, I believe. That's a good uh, fact. Yeah, there you go. I think that was, I think that was back in 2004. Might have even been a bit later, actually. I don't know when it was, but at some point, our Bedford Tigers travelled up to Witness um, and and played Witness. So yeah, it was really, 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 really interesting to see. And they used to have like Player of the Year awards, top try score awards. All these things were like proper kept hold of. I'll, I'll, if people are people are really yeah, well, it'd be easier to, see, to do that now because it's all recorded as well. Yeah, it's so. all recorded now. So from nineteen ninety seven to two thousand and eleven, the Harry Jepson Trophy was was awarded to. Um, the winner of the rugby league conference or the the summer conference league split into two divisions sort of thing uh regional league so in 1997 uh the trophy was won by north london scholars 1998 crawley jets and then yeah it's really 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 good to see um 2002 you had the northeast northern midland south central eastern division and the london and southeast division so just like it is now really um but there's yeah. a lot of teams that that don't get like leeds ackies durham tigers newport titans Blackpool Sea Eagles, Weatherby Bulldogs, Gloucestershire Warriors, the Kingston now Elmbridge Elmbridge Eagles were there, like Liverpool Buccaneers, East Lancashire Lions. Uh, speaking of Lions, um, the Lincolnshire Lions, a new club set up in the Midlands. Um, so if you're in the Midlands and you're listening and you don't play rugby league for a club in the Midlands yet, get yourself along to Lincolnshire Lions. They are looking for new players to sign on, and they are really, I tell you what, really looking forward to to seeing how that works out for them. 
That's pretty cool. My dad's my dad was born in Lincolnshire. Well, there you go. There's, there's your club. There's your, there's your new amateur club for supporting the Mid Midlands Merit League. Yeah. Go and go and get along to a Lincolnshire Lions oh, game in the area. Uh, I'm not sure where they play out of actually. I'm just going to find out. Uh, how do you spell Lincoln now? Jesus. Uh, Lincolnshire Lions. I've got it. Uh, Lincolnshire Lions Rugby League. They play out of Ruston's Sport and Social Club uh, in in Highcombe. Is it called Highcombe? Uh, Highcombe Rugby League, North Highcombe, just south of Lincoln. It is um, Swallowbeck. It's called the area of the, of the place. is called Swallowbeck, uh, just off Newark Road in uh, Bracebridge, around there. So if you're around that area, uh, Bracebridge Heath, Branston, uh, Highcombe, Waddington, Doddingdon, all of those areas, Lincoln Way, get yourself down there uh, and. And play some rugby league, so it'd be really, really good. We're, we're coming up to an hour in, and I think we've wrapped it up now. We've covered every level of the game men's, we women's, wheelchair, yeah, we professional, have. and amateur. Yeah, talking, I, I want to go back on that rugby league conference national thing, by the way. Um, Harry Jepson, so the rugby league conference national uh final was won by Underbank Rangers, the Harry Jepson trophy was won by Parkside uh, Hawks of Hunslet. Uh, the RLC Regional was won by Elmbridge Eels. The Northwest Premier was run by Accrington and Leyland Lions. The Northeast Premier was won by Peter Lee Pumas. That's mental. Another team based out of County Durham. The North, uh, the Yorkshire Premier side was won by Parkside Hawks, uh, which is now, uh, yeah. So they're they're still playing, I believe. They lost to Northampton Demons in the regional finals. That's mental. The Midlands was Bristol Sonics. Hammersmith Hillsoys won the Southern Premier. Uh, in 2011, Scottish Premier Edinburgh Eagles, Bridge End, the Welsh Championship was uh, Bonnie Mine Broncos, loads of teams, North Yorkshire Stallions, I don't even know if they still exist now, uh, Cowrick Crusaders they've been changed to, Telford Raiders, Rochdale Cobras, there's some there's some teams here that don't exist anymore that should, that should like, there's so many teams there that you will have played for that now you probably don't like recognise. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, really interesting to see how how that how they reintroduced the Harry Jepson Trophy would be really nice to see uh, this competition come back and mm. named after such a good man. So that's the end of episode ten, I think, isn't it? I I have ticked everything that we said we would need to speak about and more. We've ticked everything. And added and, notes. And that added, was added notes. Uh, spoke yeah. about more. And so that's it. Episode ten of the Biff Rugby League Podcast, season two, been brought to you by Swinging Arms and Shoulder Charges. I've been Brad. That's been Robin, and we'll see you for episode 11 next week, where I think we're going to break down our England team for the 29th of April. We haven't done this for a while. It'll be next week or the week after. Uh, I think it might even be the week after. We'll break down the England team in two weeks. Uh, so next week, who knows what you'll get. Um, hopefully the world of rugby league brings us lots more to talk about in the next uh, five, six days, and we'll catch you. And Toby. And Toby. Hopefully Toby comes back into the fold as well. Um, we won't let you know if he's coming back you'll just have to listen next week to find out if he's here um, thank you very much for listening thank you for everyone who subscribes thank you everyone to continue to like share subscribe follow on all your favourite uh, podcast platforms and we'll catch you next time thank you everyone and goodbye <laughs>